morning, everybody. Thanks, Pastor Rich. Lead Pastor Grace Pointer. How many had a great Thanksgiving? How many ate a lot? Hey, how many ate too much? How many going to do it again? All right. Holidays are coming. Christmas is coming. I want you to enjoy Christmas. First thing I want you to do, every week in December when you come to church, I want you to smile. When you sing songs, don't do like this. Smile like you enjoy the holidays that we know Jesus is Lord and he's a reason for the season. Enjoy. You got permission here to enjoy yourself. That's how we're going to try to go about it this next, next few weeks as we talk about Jesus and the reason for the season. But today's message, I told you last week I was going to do a couple messages on uncommon joy. And I decided after the first one, I said, I'm done with that. Um, and I want to um, share a uh, scripture with you out of Exodus. And it's called, this one's called Moving Forward, Move Forward. And I got the idea of this when I was doing a ride along with the Abilene Police Department. And I was uh, spending about 11 hours with them. And I'm going again on 8th of December. And one of the, one of the uh, discouraging notes of that ride was uh, my, my, um, the police officer I was riding with kept saying, it's very discouraging the calls I go to because I keep going back. It's a recall. I keep going back to the same issues. And we try to plant people in, in some nonprofits, put them in certain places for them to uh, be set free, and we go back for the same issues. So it's really disappointing, but he also said this, I know that Jesus is the only one that can get them from point A to point B. And when I was looking at it, I was like, how, the church, uh, how are all of us uh, are being? Because the people that they're trying to help seem to be stuck in the middle. They have their, their area, how they grew up, their past. And he was saying, if that doesn't change from generation to generation, things don't become the same. And they have what they call freedom, but freedom's kind of scary. When it's called being saved out of something, it's kind of scary to move it. Help me know change is hard. It's kind of scary because it's un the unknown. Well, I, what I wanted to share with you today was and move forward is Exodus. And we're going to actually do a sermon series in the wintertime about Exodus because I want to start taking us on a journey and what God wants to do for Grace Point Church. Um, but I want to give you a preview before Christmas because I want you not to get so caught up in where you are, but enjoy the holidays. Smile again. Eat a lot of great food. Put up a crazy tree. Put up the lights. Hey, put, put Santa Claus on the front door. You're not ill-religious for that. I have Santa Claus right on my front door. So you can come by my house and call me a, a heathen. That's fine. I'm going to enjoy myself. When you look at the, um, the story, we're going to go to Exodus chapter 14. We're going to see the children of Israel are stuck in between 430 years of slavery. That's all they knew. And what it, the escape route was the Red Sea. And they were stuck in the middle. And decisions had to be made. And where I want to take you is what happened during that, that story and hope that you'll see that God always wants to continually to move us forward. I was saved over 20 years ago, but I don't want to be the same person I was I am today. And every step of the Lord seems to always, um, it wasn't comfortable, but it certainly grew me up. So you go to Acts, I mean, Acts, Exodus chapter 14, I'm going to go to three verses, starting in verse 13. And Moses said to the people, fear not, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians who you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you and you only have to be silent. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Everyone say fear not. Fear not. Everyone say stand firm. stand firm. Everyone say be still. Be still. 
Everyone say move forward. Let's pray. Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, ingrained in our hearts about moving, how you desire to move people, how you desire to move our church, how you desire to move us individually. Help us to learn in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The story, as I read the story, I want to share a story, a personal story with me. I was, uh, had a chance, me and Miss Don lived in Okinawa, Japan for five years because it taught in military. And I became a master sergeant, put on pin on master sergeant, E7 for you civilians. Um, and I was gracious enough to run a, a shop of about 12 people. And I had a new commander, a new boss came in. He was a, what we call today a micromanager. He wanted control of everything and everybody. And uh, me and him butted heads. I honored him because he had the position. I respect him because he had the authority. But there were certain things I wasn't going to deviate from my, from my book because my book was about safety. And we had some areas that we clashed on safety. And I pushed an area. I went and bought some extra equipment because I felt the pilots needed some, they needed some gear. They didn't have it. Not, it's not, it's going to be in a dangerous situation. And I spent the money. And he got upset because he liked all the money we were getting because we had the biggest pot of the squadron. He decided to uh, get upset and shut the squadron down from spending. And at this time, I'm going to tell you how old I am. This was uh, the first time email was introduced to the military. They didn't have Facebook. They had email. That's when you had to read it because your boss would tell you, I sent you an email even though he's right next, sitting next to you. Just talk to me. Anyway, and uh, he said this derelict master sergeant shut down the squadron. And when I get back, I'm going to deal with him. We can't buy anything because he's undisciplined. Uh, he just tore me up on an email. I sure am glad I didn't take it personal. And, uh, and in front of me was this. If you don't, if you don't um, comply with what I say, you can lose your career. Well, I had people around me fight for it. Fight, 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 fight. Fight them. Go back. I said, I'm not going to do anything. Because I had, you know, God took me to the point. Look, I'm, I'm in a church. I love the church. That's why we stay on the island so long. If my career ends at these 15 years, you know, God, you're good. You'll take me to the next place. But that didn't mean I wasn't scared. That didn't mean I didn't have anxiety. Because he wanted to have the showdown, the meeting. And my boss, my immediate boss, who I felt really wasn't on my side, he said, you need to fight. You need to fight. I said, I'm not going to fight. I will just tell the facts. So we go to the meeting. He chooses me out in front of everybody. Says, I'm pretty much a loser. And uh, do you have anything to say? My boss says, well, he wants to present something. I start talking. He stands around and says, and my boss says, he jumps all over me. I can't believe you did that. I said, well, I'm the only one in this room now, me and Jesus. But I was scared. I said, I'm going to walk out of here, probably a tech sergeant. I'm going to probably get kicked out. I gave him the facts. I said, this is what's going on. This is how much we had. This is how much I spent. But you and your accountant came and took that. That broke the squadron. He said, give me that paper. And they looked at each other. Is this true? Um, yes, boss. So I'm sitting there. He says, you may go. He went after me again about some computers. 
lost that. Well, about two months later, his boss came to him. Um, the wing superintendent is leaving, and he's the only guy we want in that position. Now I was the youngest ranking guy. I was jumping over a bunch of people. He says, well, boss, um, he's the best I got. I said, yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Really? So he had to put me in front of the squadron and say how awesome I am, right? And I'm promoted into this position. And everyone who was going after me kind of turned on themselves. And he got every one of them. His, his career didn't end right either. I shared that story to show you what's going on with the children of Israel. Because I was stuck. I could comply and bend over and be part of that, that movement. Or I can just believe in Jesus and move forward. They were stuck in between the enemy chasing them down and the Red Sea in front of them. Scary place to be. Got very upset, you know, and they're with Moses. And that's a scary place to be. Have have you ever been in between something? Like, I can't go, you know, past, even though we think it's great, was it really that great? No, it wasn't. And then there's the future. Or if it's anything you're dealing with that you default to and you don't, it's afraid to move forward. That's what I'm talking about the church. Sometimes in the church we're afraid to move forward because the, the past is just so comfortable. It becomes our identity. And that's what the police officer said. Well, Rich, that's become their, their identity. That's who they are right now until they move out. And uh, you'll see three things here. I had you read them. Um, what God was trying to do is take them from being slaves to sons and daughters. They've been slaves over 430 years. And since Joseph died and they were in Egypt and the king rose up who didn't know Joseph and they were in bondage. It was bad for them. It was rough for them. And God raised up Moses to, um, to deliver them. But they weren't easy to do. Moses had to deal with Pharaoh and he had to deal with the people because they didn't believe what Moses believed. And they were only, um, I get like this too. They're only, their memories were very short. So when they had short memories, they complained a lot, which takes you to the first one. The first one he told them, because they said, they're yelling at, they're, talk, they're coming at uh, Moses. And he did great with this one, because usually Moses get upset, because he had anger issues. You got read to read the book. Um, he said this, fear not. He understood that each step of deliverance is accompanied by uncertainty and fear. It is no kidding accompanied by uncertainty, because you don't know where we're going yeah. or what's going to happen. And it's fearful. And fear will cause some things in people's lives. It will cause some things. I was, I, you know, I get to meet with pastors every week. In the last two, three weeks, I met with five different pastors around this area. And every one of them told me, I'm going to quit. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Maybe I'll go back. And it sounded like, I said, it sounded me like last year. I'll just go back to the marketplace. It's a whole lot better then. You know, you, I, he's telling me, I said, I, mean, I thought the same thing. I said, man, I'm 50-something years old. I got my retirement already. You're right, man. Is it really worth it? I said, yeah, it's worth it. What they were upset about was the fear of people in their congregations. And what happens when fear happens? How many know that people, when you get fearful, you complain? Now, they complained. One, one guy, he had about 20 people that was complaining in his church. Moses had 2 million people. Lifting up their voices and blaming him, right? So I can imagine why he said, Moses, 
fasted and prayed a lot. I bet you if we met him, he was the skinniest guy on the planet. <laughs> Two million people, scared. What are you doing? It was better back here, Moses. We love having garbage because that's familiar. And it happens with all of us when things are fearful or you're scared to go forward because what's going on in your life now? And with them, it was basically, this is unknown. All we know is to be taken care of, never to start walking on our own. All we know is slavery. All we know is emotional breakdown. All we know is poverty. All we know, all we know, and it's comfortable to me because it's very, it's very uncomfortable for me to start walking out and breaking chains and being delivered. Like the songs we sing, so that's all we know, guys. That's all we know. And they forgot the way God set it up. He wanted him, left him in the, in, the, in the wilderness. He wanted Pharaoh to chase him down so he can prove to Pharaoh that he is the ultimate God. And when they forgot when they had the, the pillar of cloud during the day, the presence of God leading them. And at night they had the pillar of fire leading them so they can see where God and God's presence was with them. But when you get fearful, you forget where God said how close he really is. You ever been there? Like we're telling, yeah, man, I'm going to keep you accountable. Keep me accountable. We need to recognize that God put us here. God loves us. And God has a direction for us. But when you're fearful, you forget that. And this is a scripture I use even when I had in Okinawa. It's Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, for I'm with you. Be not dismayed, for I'm your God. I will what? I will what? I will what? With my righteous hand. I am with you. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And they missed the part that God put the cloud. The angel came behind them, two million people, and put a cloud in front of the children in front of Egypt, Pharaoh and Egypt, and mixed them up. Messed them up. But in fear, you never see the presence. A lot of times you miss the presence when you're fearful or when you're dealing with things. I don't know what, you, I don't know what your, your area is, what's holding you. I don't know what your anchor is. If it's your emotions, if you're running unforgiveness, you're offended, family messed you around, anger holds us down. And we never, and we look out the window, I wish, I wish I can get there. I just wish, I, and we wish. And you wish. And the one that's, I met the enemy. Can I tell you who the enemy is 90% of the time? I met the enemy. It's enemy. The enemy is enemy. Not too much out. It's me. He told him in verse 14, guys, what you're dealing with, you will never see again. Those, you will never see them again in verse 14. You'll never see them again. That means you'll never see your past again. Everything you're dealing with back here, you don't have to worry about it. When I stepped forward and I said, God, I'm just going to trust you, I never saw that mess again. I had to go to the wing and find new mess. <laughs> and then I got here and the same thing happened again here. I mean, I got replaced, man. Someone just, I, I won, I won um, superintendent of the year and then I got fired.
Wow, what a resume. Right? And they kept saying, what are you doing here? I got fired. Well, your record doesn't say anything. They don't like me. Okay. Well, they gave me a better job. I got promoted. Then I got training to be here. See? You'll never see him again. You'll never see your past again. What you need to do, though, and the second thing he told him to do, guys, fear not. This guy, stand firm, man. Stand firm in the Lord. As you stand firm, what you do, try to do, what you need to do is to stand firm and keep your eyes fixed on God. Don't fix your eyes on the problem. Don't fix your eyes on this, this thing. Don't fix your eyes on anything, but fix your eyes on God. And you can stand as long as you need to. Now, standing doesn't mean just standing there and doing nothing. Okay? If you go to um, 1 Corinthians 15, 58, because sometimes we say, okay, I'm standing firm. That doesn't mean not do anything. Okay? You got me? It means this. Therefore, my beloved brother, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of who? Knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. And that's what we mean. The guys pray these over each other. Man, what you're doing counts. Everything you're doing counts. I don't care how bad it does count. And I have to preach to myself. It does make a difference. Everything I'm doing, raising my children, is making a difference. I might not be where I want to be, but I'm right where God needs me to be. And we and some things here, when he says standing firm, I'm standing on the promises of God, and Egypt will not touch me. King Jehoshaphat had to do that in 2 Chronicles 20, when three kings were coming after him. He's like, he got fearful, and it says so. He was he's afraid. The first place he ran to was the church, stood in the middle of the church. He said this in verse 20, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And then he started praying. And I'll share the rest of the story later. He started praying. Yeah, it's fearful. I don't know what to do a lot of times, but my eyes are on you. Not on them, not on this. And you know, God will take you to a place in this that no one will understand. Uh, hi, Pastor Julio. You understand what I'm, yeah. Take you to a place no one can explain. In our jobs, people will come and try to fix you. All I need was a hug. Amen? Didn't need a lecture. Yeah, it'll take you to no one will understand. So all you have to do is fix your eyes on God, not fix your eyes on the problem. You need to tell your problem how big your God is. Because that's always needed in moving forward. Work in the Lord. Keep moving. I'm not there yet. Keep moving. I don't see it. You won't see it. You will not see it until you get to the last point. Be still. The word means be calm. Be calm. They weren't calm. Anxiety had them screaming out, and they had problems with that. Because what happens is, I learned this. If I'm not calm, I wind up complaining. And complaining, as one um, writer wrote, and I can't remember the book I was reading, said this. When I complain, I'm just really questioning the confidence I have in God. If I complain, I got no confidence. God, I mean, I'm telling God, you don't know what you're doing. You put me here, I have no idea. You don't have no idea what I'm going through. 
He already knew, and he put him there on purpose to show Pharaoh something. You ever been there? God, you don't know. You understand where I'm at? Do you understand? You, you, have, you ever have those type of prayers? Boy, y'all are great. I need to pray with y'all more often. What You know, like, man, do you see that? He said, yeah, I do. <laughs> I put you there. Really? Why? Get to that point in a minute. He says this. Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. I'll be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. Reason why he told us to be still, so we can see God's salvation. Do you know salvation, though I'm saved and being saved constantly, is messy? It's a very messy process. I'll tell you, I'll give you a little um, story. Uh, I'm a water survival. I was a water survival instructor. And... We were in Florida. We go out in Florida and train air crews on water survival. At the end, we put you in a raft, which I was in a raft, in the middle of Key Biscayne, beautiful water. Beautiful. You can see all the way to the bottom, but you can also see the barracudas circling around you. Whoa, these guys are huge. And where are they coming? Are they coming? Are they coming? And the helicopter is going to tell you when they're going to come pick you up. Well, you would think that you're going to be rescued is just a, oh, it's going to be so peaceful. God's just going to lift me up, and it's going to be great. They're going to lift me up out of water. The helicopter comes over us, and there's stuff flying everywhere. Right, brother? It's, what? Forget about it. Just go back. I'll, I'll swim in. Forget about it, right? <laughs> and they tell you this. Take the raft, take everything that you're using to float, and shove it away. Everything you're dependent on, shove it away. Everything that you built your life on, shove it away. Because you can't take it up. It'll get caught up in the rotors and we'll all crash. That's the story, isn't it? Trying to take the old into the new, can't do that. You destroy things and you destroy people with it. Get it out the way. And now, get in here and strap in and then you go like this. Here's the thing. When you go up, you have to be still because the power rescue guy is going to grab you like you've never been grabbed and pull you and hit you. You're going to say, sir, if you're not still, if you're not still, they'll put you back in the water. In my case, because I'm an instructor, they put me back anyway. <laughs> we have to be still to see how God's going to bring deliverance. Because it's not going to come the way you think it is. And it's going to be messy because I have to get rid of all my garbage, which I'm continually doing. See, the Israelites were delivered physically, but they, make sure I get the quote right, they were delivered physically, but they were transformed spiritually when they went through the Red Sea. Every step I take is a transforming spiritual transformation that happens in my life. Is it comfortable? No. How does God make a man? On an anvil of iron. And I've been there complaining, and God's been saying, you got no confidence in me? And just when you think you're about ready to quit is when you need to stay in there. You're about to get pulled into the helicopter. You're about to be pulled up out of something. 
but it's hanging in there. They didn't know that their past, those people you see now, are going to be completely destroyed. They went across on dry ground, two million people on dry ground. And they're like, all they told Moses to do, because it didn't make sense, lift up your staff. John, you got a better plan than that. Elitor, you got a better plan, lift up your staff. Can we, like, take some angels and take these cats out over on the other side of here? What's with the staff thing? You know, and walk across this water. Suppose it caves in. You hear all that. Two million people. I don't know. You think this is right? I don't know. Just get in the water. Just keep going. But he said, be still. And Moses was still. He said that because he completely destroyed the past. Guys, if you're struggling with the past in your life or the stuff in your past, it's already been destroyed by Jesus when he died on the cross. This is what I wrote down early this morning. So let not your past become an anchor that holds you, but let it be a rudder that guides you. I don't want it to be an anchor that holds me down. I want it to be a rudder that steers me. I love history. I'm a history buff. And when they said when a nation forgets their history, we are doomed to repeat the same thing. I don't want to be a self-destructive Christian. Everywhere something new comes around, I self-destruct because things in my past. I get tired of being tired. You ever been tired of being tired? And old guys like me, or seasoned guys like us said, look, just, you got to deal with this thing. Some way, somehow. Because you're destroying yourself and you're destroying your family. Amen? One thing I... um, I've been constantly reading um, Second Chronicles. It says this. I know one thing. He kept saying, ringing through that, the Lord's with you. But the second thing, the battle is the Lord's, not mine. He said, you're not that great, Rich. Believe me. You're just not that good. It's really my battle. Just enjoy it. Just not enjoy it. Well, you got to learn to enjoy it because I'm something I'm trying to get done through you and for them. C.S. Lewis said this, there are far better things ahead than any we leave behind. This happened in 2 Chronicles chapter uh, uh, 20. I took you to that story earlier about um, King Jehoshaphat and three kings coming against him. It's amazing what happened. He was so scared he didn't know what to do. But they went in the temple and they prayed. And what they prayed was, God, you are the God that took us out of Egypt. You're the God that promised us the land. You're the God that made it our possession. You're the God that has done all this with your mighty right hand. But God, we are your stewards. And basically, here you go. These guys are trying to take your possession. Not mine, your possession. They're trying to take this over. And the man of God showed up and said, don't you worry about it. Get up in the morning and go because it's going to be taken care of. First thing they did, and if you're writing notes, how to move forward, they prayed the word. They prayed God's promises. And then they believed what they prayed. You ever do that? Praying? Well, sometimes we think, if I pray long enough, God's just going to come down and change you. No, you're part of that change. They had to walk forward first before the, the, uh, the water opened up. If it didn't open up, it wouldn't happen. If they didn't move, it wasn't going to happen. That's what he said. Why are you crying out to me? Because I can imagine where Moses was. Lord, because I'm in a few um, chapter later. Lord, just kill me. Just kill me. If you love me, just kill me. Two million people. Lift up the staff. Go. 
really lift up a stick. And they start walking to, to the battle, believing God's promises. The second thing, they walk to it. The third thing is, it didn't make any sense. They were walking, and then they said, let me pick singers, not swordsmen, singers. That don't make sense. They're going to go out and sing before me. Y'all get on stage. You should have been up there already. Y'all get up there. <laughs> that was my cue. He said, pick singers. Gene, you got a better plan than that? Singers? <laughs> like, so what? I don't care if they can sing. Can they fight? <laughs> and they put on holy attire, and they went before the army, and that's what they said. They sung the word. They said, give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures Forever. That word steadfast, stand firm, means, also means loyal, love, never ends. Isn't that amazing? And when they began to sing and praise the Lord as they were going, they set ambushes against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah so that they were all routed. As they were singing, God, they said, Ammon, they started killing each other. When I noticed every time I'm in a jam and whoever comes against me, they wind up when I'm gone or whatever's going on in your life, I don't know about your, your job, they wind up getting each other. Because God said, to it. I'm, not the, I'm not the like Jesus. Jesus was not, they came together because he was a central figure to kill. When he left, they couldn't get along. Why? Because they turned on each other. But what was the thing going on? How do I keep moving forward? You pray God's promises. You walk in God's promises and you sing God's promises. That's not holy, is it? No, it's biblical. What's holding you down? What is that niche in your area? Let's all stand. I've been praying for our church. And I said something last week that I aim, as C.S. Lewis said, you aim for heaven, you'll hit the earth. I've been praying for our nations because I'm like Psalms 2.8 is a promise that God has given to each and every one, especially this church. Ask of me, I will make your nations an heritage and the ends of your earth your possession. And I've been, I've been actually praying that prayer. And I love that song that we'll sing in 2017. And the minute I start singing that, you're talking about stuff coming up. That's when I knew that was the right direction to go. What is your area? Every eye closed, every head bowed. What is your area? Who's struggling in between? If you're struggling in between, just raise your hand wherever you are. You feel like you're in between. Thank you. Who else? Anybody else? Thank you. Who else? Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you right now, Lord God. On the side of the water, they'll see how big and how gigantic you are.